Busters, where we explored the great sea monster crisis of 1987. This is episode 215, Apocrypha 1987 style. I'm Keith Pilly. First off, I just thank you from the bottom of my soul for sticking through this with me. If you're here, you have probably sat through two entire seasons of this show. That's a lot of sea monster stuff to keep straight in your head. And please know that I deeply, sincerely appreciate it every time a human being has pulled up this podcast and hit play. So, every word I've said in the past 14 episodes has been 1,000% true. But let's pretend, just for this space of this episode, let's entertain the fiction that I made it all up. If that were the case, well, then it'd be time to talk about what was real here versus what was fiction. And this is a pretty different conversation than the one we would have had at the end of the first season if it had been made up, which it wasn't, uh, since this was several decades downstream in a different timeline. I was really struck by what a writing challenge that was, since I had to balance the logic of how things might have gone differently you know, with different priors, uh, balance that with the need of keeping some things recognizable to give the listener some kind of grounding. You know, so things like sticking with Gorbachev as a Soviet leader just to keep a touch point relatable, when really one of my core ideas, and this is the thing I really believe, is that small changes upstream really affect highly contingent things like political processes. You know, so, I mean, really, the Soviet premiere after season one of the Kraken Busters, um, you know, probably would have just been some other rando Russian who made it up through the process. Who knows? I don't know. It was Gorbachev in this series. So, the Kennedys. That whole idea started when I was looking some things up, trying to figure out uh, what the timeline of presidents would have been um, you know, in the, the Kraken Buster timeline. And I was shocked to see just how young Bobby Kennedy was when he was killed, and how if he'd lived, it would be totally reasonable for him to be in politics in the 80s. I mean, look at how long Teddy Kennedy was active. With that seed planted, I just I really like the idea of playing around with a completely different Kennedy presidency. You know, different because, of course, in the succession of presidents after the Sea Monster Crisis of 45 to 52, JFK was not elected in 60, and therefore was not assassinated in 63, and so on. Now, I have more respect for the historical RFK than I show here for my hapless fictional version but I, I just I wanted to push against this really common idea that is just out all over the place that both Kennedy brothers were these democratic saints who could have saved us if they'd been allowed to be president for two full terms. Well, like I said, I'm I'm impressed on at least some fronts by the historical RFK. Although man, his son's an asshole. Um, but I think his saintliness is overblown. If nothing else, I mean, come on, it's pretty weird to just be like, hey, you know, nepotism, who cares, and agree to be your own brother's attorney general. That is just not a good look. And JFK. I mean, if I am being honest, I think the historical JFK just kind of sucked. It's hard for him not to come across as a sexual predator who used his office to prey on women, for one thing. 
in his campaign against Nixon in 1960. And, and, Let's be clear, despite the fact that I made him kind of heroic in the first season of this show, I am not a fan of the historical Richard Nixon. Uh, anyway, Kennedy's campaign against Nixon in 60 was based on a bunch of just Cold War bullshit about an imagined missile gap that was divorced from reality and was just fucking sleazy and underhanded. And, I mean, Kennedy started his presidency and torpedoed an opportunity for a thawing of relations with Khrushchev by letting the CIA talk him into the absolutely asinine Bay of Pigs operation. JFK was a chode in a lot of ways, even if we've canonized him after the assassination. And I kind of enjoyed exploring what he might have been like as an embittered older man who had to watch his little brother get a shot at the big chair. Outside of the Kennedys, for the most part, the rest of the world building in this season was an attempt to balance continuing the trends that I put in place in season one, with also letting enough real-world history in to keep things recognizable. So, like, to me, Joe Biden in an 80s Democratic cabinet feels like something that very easily could have happened if any Democrat had gotten anywhere near the White House in the 80s. Um... Trump dying of diarrhea feels like something that should have happened in the 80s. About half the ships that are mentioned here are real, and half, including the Flag Island, are fictional. Everything with Detachment 69 was entirely fictional, of course, but then, of course, that is what they would make me say if it was deep cover, wink, wink, uh, you be the judge. Other stuff. In our world, France actually was kind of surprisingly lone wolf for a while in the post-war period, so it was easy for me to imagine a world where a less dominant post-war U.S. couldn't lure them at all into NATO or its analog, and they just went off on their own weird course. Oh, and since I guess I never made it as clear as I intended in the narrative, the mysterious radar that got picked up by the Flag Island in the Sea Monster Exclusion Zone, it was French. It was a French stealth ship. That's how they knew what was going on. I should have made that more clear. Sorry. Anyway, yeah, of course, the ADP is just alternate NATO switched up for different circumstances, and the same with the Berlin Pact, which weirdly, I, somehow I feel like Warsaw Pact rolls off the tongue a little better. Um, these alterations are good examples of the kind of expanding on trends thing I was talking about earlier. There is no reason <laughs> to believe that any of the actual celebrities that I casually mentioned sleeping with the Kennedy brothers in the narrative would do such a thing. This is another one of those things where I stuck with historical figures as grounding points because it made the jokes work a little better. But honestly, I, I felt a little bad about it. Debbie Gibson and the Go-Go's they unquestionably deserve better. These fictionalized name drops in no way represent the actual people who have between them slept with zero Kennedys, as far as I know or have any reason to believe, except maybe for Madonna and JFK Jr. Okay then, uh, let's talk about the future. Here is the thing. I might be done with Sea Monster Podcasts. Not saying for sure, I'm not closing the door and locking it, but I might be. Part of this is because, right now, I just feel like I'm out of stories to tell about them. When I finished Season 1, I didn't know what Season 2 would look like, but I had some seed ideas that I talked about in the Apocrypha episode for Season 1, and those are, in fact, what sprouted into Season 2. Right now, I'm just I'm fresh out of seed ideas, with one possible exception that I, I'll get back to in a minute. The bigger thing, though, is that... 
you probably noticed nuclear weapons wound up figuring pretty prominently in both seasons. The thing I found in both cases is that with this kind of military-centered story in this time frame, that's just where the plot logic keeps taking me. And I'm a little freaked out by that, uh, even if I like the stories that emerged. I, um, I, I do not like nuclear weapons. So that one possible story seed idea I had was a season that would be based on a sea monster outbreak in ancient Rome or Greece. I'm pretty fascinated by both of those worlds. And if nothing else, uh, of course, there would be no nukes there. Uh, pretty daunting research challenge, though. Um, I don't know. If a third season of the Kraken Busters happens, that is the best bet for what it would be. There's no guarantees, though, that it would happen, um, or that that is what it would be. That's just that's the most likely thing that I can see right now. Who knows? Maybe some other idea will hit me. It happens. I mean, it, this is how we got here to begin with. Uh, I also do want to mention, I am still not entirely without hope that this show, especially season one, might still find its way into another medium. There are no guarantees there, of course, but, um, you know, possibilities exist. Okay, all that said, I do have another alternate history fictional podcast that's actually on the very near horizon. This one is written, and it's just about ready to go. I just need some time to recover from making this season, and I need to tighten up the scripts over there on that one and just nail down a couple of little details. Um, and then I will have to start the production, which will be a little more intense than producing the Kraken Busters has been. The new show is something closer to my actual academic wheelhouse, which is cultural history. I think the show will be called Forgotten Scenes. Uh, the title, you know, the think there, because the title could change. Um, i got a little time. Uh, but I know for sure each season will take a look at a weird little cultural scene that burned hot and then vanished. The first season will be called The Freaks in the Barn, and it'll be about a fictional psychedelic glam rock scene that sprouted in Sioux City in the early 70s after David Bowie was briefly trapped there by a bus breakdown. I think it's going to be a pretty fucking great show, to be honest. Each season will be a lot shorter than a Kraken Busters season, although the episodes will be longer, and I'm just I'm doing a couple of things differently in a way that I think will be really fun. I would say to watch my Twitter and Instagram accounts for news about it. Uh, the handles there are at Keith Pilly for Twitter and at Pilly Keith for Instagram. But of course, social media in general is pretty flaky, and who knows if Twitter's even going to stick around. So, you know, still follow me because, hey, I'm a lot of fun online. But um, honestly, your best bet for getting news about the dawn of uh, Forgotten Scenes would be to just stay subscribed to this podcast feed. And when Forgotten Scenes is about ready to kick off, I'll post a heads-up episode here to let you know where to go and find it. There is one last thing. If you have dug the show at all, I would like to ask you one last time for you to help spread the word about it. I keep an eye on the analytics, and I know that shows like this can have a long tail type of thing, where they keep on finding an audience even after they've gone dormant. And well, as a creator, I of course want the stuff I make to get spread as far and wide as possible. 
And as far as other potential future projects go, there are situations where it's handy to have the biggest possible listenership numbers for the show. So just please let someone know about it. And if that's a thing that you've already done, then know that that's another thing that I'm grateful for. Right on. I think that's it. Once again, thanks from the bottom of my heart for listening to all this. And uh, hopefully I will see you in a couple of months in Sioux City. Right on. Awesome boys, please take us out. Yeah.